all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking, the show all about you and your family. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Development and Behavioral Pediatrician and Professor Emeritus at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Anxiety. We all have it at one time or another. Some is okay and normal, but when does it become destructive? Is continual worry or anxiety affecting your sleep, job performance, or relationships? Today we'll talk about how you can tell if you or someone you love is experiencing destructive anxiety or toxic stress and what you can do about it. Share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-746, where you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking from MPB Think Radio. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Lakshmi Singh. The widow of the Orlando nightclub gunman who killed 49 people last year is making her first court appearance in a federal courtroom in Oakland, California today. Nora Solomon has been charged with aiding and abetting and obstruction of justice. Her husband, Omar Mateen, attacked the Orlando Pulse nightclub last June. He was killed in a shootout with police. Salman was arrested at her home in California yesterday. Turkish law enforcement are interrogating the suspect in the New Year's Eve attack that killed 39 people at a nightclub. Istanbul Governor Vasip Sain told reporters that the Uzbek national confessed to the crime. He says the suspect, who trained in Afghanistan, carried out the nightclub attack on behalf of ISIS. President-elect Donald Trump's nominee for Secretary of Education faces a Senate confirmation hearing today. Betsy DeVos, a billionaire businesswoman and a Republican fundraiser, will likely face questions about her contributions to GOP candidates and causes. Here's NPR's Eric Westervelt. Massachusetts Democrat Elizabeth Warren says she'll grill DeVos on school choice, vouchers, and oversight of charter schools. Democrats are also vowing to press DeVos on political money. Her Senate hearing was pushed back nearly a week because of Democrats' concerns over what Senator Patty Murray called the billionaire's extensive financial entanglements and potential conflicts of interest. DeVos and her family have given more than a million dollars to sitting Republican senators, according to FEC reports, and millions more to Republican super PACs and party committees. Expect Democrats to challenge DeVos and how she's used her fortune to advance candidates and causes. In an op-ed in the mid-90s, DeVos wrote that she certainly expects a return on investment for her contributions. Eric Westervelt, NPR News. British Prime Minister Theresa May has signaled the United Kingdom will make a clean break with the European Union. NPR's Frank Langfitt reports from London. May is putting control of borders over access to the EU huge single market. Nearly six months after Britain's landmark Brexit vote, May confirmed the UK would go it alone. We seek a new and equal partnership between an independent, self-governing global Britain and our friends and allies in the EU. 
We do not seek to hold on to bits of membership as we leave. May said the UK was leaving the EU to limit immigration and get out from under European Union laws. The speech was a sharp rebuke to the gospel of globalization, open borders and free trade, which is the centerpiece of another major political event this week, the World Economic Forum meeting in Davos. Frank Langford, NPR News, London. Walmart, the world's largest retailer, says it plans to add roughly 10,000 retail jobs in the United States. It says it's opening new stores and expanding existing locations. Walmart says there will also be about 24,000 construction jobs. This is NPR News. Another of aviation's unsolved mysteries may remain that way. Michael Sullivan reports investigators have suspended the search for Malaysia Airlines Flight 370, which disappeared nearly three years ago en route to Beijing with 239 people on board. Despite every effort using the best science available, the search has not been able to locate the aircraft. That was the official statement from the three countries involved, Malaysia, China and Australia. Investigators searched 46,000 square miles of the Indian Ocean and spent $160 million doing so, but in the end, nothing, though some debris has washed up on the shores of several East African nations. That's Michael Sullivan reporting. British American Tobacco has agreed to pay nearly $50 billion in cash and stock to acquire the remaining shares of Reynolds American that it does not already own. The company says the purchase will help it expand globally. More from NPR's Yuki Noguchi. BAT sweetened an earlier offer made last fall to buy Reynolds outright, strengthening a relationship the companies have had for over a decade. Reynolds is the number two tobacco supplier in the U.S. market, where smoking rates have declined but still represent the second largest market behind China. The acquisition will give BAT direct access to the U.S. market, as well as a foothold in other tobacco-related products, like electronic cigarettes. Reynolds purchased rival Lorillard two years ago, giving it a better foothold in that market. The companies say they expect the deal to close during the third quarter of this year. Yuki Noguchi, NPR News, Washington. I'm Lakshmi Singh, NPR News, in Washington. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Visiting Angels, professional caregivers assisting adults at home in bathing, dressing, meals, and light housework nationwide. Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Learn more at 1-800-365-4189. This is Relatively Speaking with Dr. Susan Buttress on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments... Call 877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, family at mpbonline.org. And now, Relatively Speaking, on MPB Think Radio. Good morning. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Today we're talking about anxiety. We've done this before, but it's such an important topic. I felt like we needed to bring it up again, um, especially with all the news and the difficulties that's going around. We all have anxiety at one time or another. Some is really okay, and it's very normal, and sometimes can enhance your performance. But then when does it become destructive? Is it continual worry um, that is the destructive thing? And is that affecting your sleep, job performance, or relationships? 
Today we're talking about that and how you can tell if you or somebody you love is experiencing that destructive anxiety, or as some call it, toxic stress. What can you do about it? We're going to talk about that, too. I want to hear what's going on in your life, and you can do that by sharing your comments and experiences with us today um, by calling one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. So, good morning, Jay White. Hey, good morning. How, How are, are you? you? I'm, I'm good. Uh-oh, here comes somebody already. Okay, well, that's good to hear. Oh, while Jay's catching that phone, I just want to uh, comment on a couple of things. Um I told Jay that I have done hundreds of talks and I've been doing the radio show for about four years. And every single time, honestly, that I do any kind of performance, in quotes, that I do like that, I get a little bit anxious, sometimes more than others. And and Jay commented back to me that... Um, He does if he's doing something new. Of course, he's been on the radio so, so, so many times that things that he does on a a regular basis uh, don't invoke anxiety. And, And the truth is that... That is one of the ways that you combat anxiety. Um, If you're doing a talk or something like that or a job that you don't typically do or encountering somebody that you uh, typically do, then then if you practice it over and over and over again, your level anxiety will diminish. So as we move along, we'll talk about that a bit. Um, And we'll also talk about just sort of some definitions of anxiety disorders as we go through um, our hour-long show. But let's first go on to the phones. We have Barbara Ann in Gulfport. Good morning, Barbara Ann. Uh, Good morning, Dr. Petrus. Petrus? Yes. Um, You're an expert on uh, uh, behavioral issues. Um, yes, I've I've actually practiced in that area for over thirty years now. Okay. Well, my question is, what is your expert evaluation of Trump's behavior? Oh. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Barbara Ann, that's a very, very difficult question to answer. I I think that um, to really be able to evaluate um, someone, you need to know more than... Um, I, I just want to clarify, that call was not a plant. That was not a plant, That was not huh? a paid caller. <laughs> not that there are those at all, but I just wanted to double down and make sure that everyone knows that was not one there. No, 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 no. It was not. But uh, Barbara Ann's uh, question is a good one, and I, I will say that uh, many people have, have tried to evaluate um, what what is is going on and what some of those behaviors are but you can't um you can't make a diagnosis of anyone's um personality or mood or any um, behavioral disorder by evaluating 
um, tweets or emails or sound bites or anything like that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna step back on that one and say that yes, indeed, there are some comments that have been concerning. Um, certainly, there are comments from other politicians over the years that have been concerning. And um, so with that, I'll just say um, I have no idea. Um, One thing I can say is that he is a successful businessman, and, and that's about all I know about him. So, Barbara Ann, thanks for your call. Um, my, my point at the beginning of this is that I do believe that there are a lot of people who are very anxious just about what's, what's coming, the changes that are going on, um, you know, the changes in offices, the changes in who, who is going to be out there in the political arena and in control. I think the thing that everybody has to remember is that um, things change. And as we move along, um, one person's behavior is not going to change um, a, a whole country's attitude. So hopefully everybody will think about that. It, just being mindful about what is really going on and mindful that there have been many times over the years that probably each one of us has had a time when we didn't agree with somebody in an an elected office and probably many times in the presidency. And so to to try to step back and um, to try hard not to speak just doom and gloom, because honestly, what that does, what that does is it it tends to change others outlooks who who already are anxious or depressed it will further um, diminish their ability to be resilient on what's going on so I'd work hard to to try not to speak too much gloom and doom as we move along Um, I appreciate that call though it's a good question Um, so let's get back to uh, what anxieties are and kind of Jay already talked about the fact that when you're when you're having a little bit of anxiety, that's normal that you and I had talked about it and that uh, you said the the more you do something, the less anxious you get. And I said, that's exactly what's supposed to happen. So um, occasional anxiety is normal. You might feel anxious when you're faced with a problem before taking a test, before a big decision. But what you want to do is step through that and work through it and um, try to help yourself work through how those daily activities, if you're too anxious, can interfere with your job performance. So... Do, do I hope some of our listeners remember as we talked about toxic stress and anxiety and what it can do to you, and it's that fight-or-flight phenomena that we've talked about before. Your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure goes up, you get sweaty, you uh, your mind starts racing, your breathing increases, 
And what happens is often you can move, if you can't control that, move into more of a panic-type mode or panic-type behavior. So to learn how to deal with that and to learn how to calm yourself. Now, some people can't or, or have not been able to work through that and how to do that. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about what anxiety disorder is. So people with generalized anxiety disorder often display a lot of worry um, and over over simple things. Um, they often feel restless and fatigued and agitated and irritable and tense and can't control the worry. And I dare say there's some people right now who are having sleep problems and feel almost panicked about what may be going on and what changes may be happening. So um, if it is one of those things that you cannot get off your mind, if you cannot let it go and you cannot get through your job, then perhaps you have a generalized anxiety disorder that's interfering with your day-to-day life. So let's talk about that. I'd like to hear from you. If you think you or someone you care about has any of these symptoms, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send an email, if you don't want to be on air, to family at mpbonline.org. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, toxic stress, panic attacks, and what those are, and how maybe uh, you can combat those as you move through your life. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and we'll be right back. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. We're on a road trip leading up to inauguration, and our next stop is Yadkin County in rural North Carolina, where the election results brought euphoria. It was like what I would have thought that it would have been like when World War II was over. I'm not kidding. I mean, everybody was just out, and they were honking the horn, and high-fiving, and thumbs up. I'm Ari Shapiro. Hopes and fears for what a new administration will bring later on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, family at mpbonline.org.
Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and we are talking about anxiety, toxic stress, and what that can do to you and what it can do to your health as you're moving along if you um, are experiencing anxiety. So what's good, what's bad, what's too much, what's, what's just the right amount? We talked about it before the first break that a little bit of anxiety is probably a good thing. But when that fight-or-flight phenomena kicks in, and you're not able to control it, then that can be bad if it continues for a while. Um, Just a quick comment also about our first caller's question about um, what kind of personality I thought that Trump had. Um, Again, from a reassurance standpoint, I just want to say that remember the presidency has checks and balances. We have the judicial system. We have the Congress. We have others who, who watch out. So that's one thing to think about. And the other thing, too, is is um, certainly in in a public office, um, hopefully there will be some some constraints there so that maybe not so much impulsive um, behaviors and comments will come out. <laughs> I well, don't know. What do you think, Jack? I think yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty well put. Uh, let me ask you about uh, the difference between um, short term anxiety and and I guess longer term anxiety. I guess you know short term anxiety could be considered just like stress, maybe or pressure, right? And, and I mean, you would know better than me the difference between the two of those. But it seems to me a lot of times that the difference the differentiating factor between the two. Uh, you know, like you asked me before the show, do I ever have anxiety when I'm about to go on the radio and do something? The answer is no, because I've done it before and I, and my brain knows, you know, what it takes to finish right. the job that's at hand and, you know, how, how long it's going to be and whether or not I can handle that. And so that's, that's not an obstacle to overcome. So that doesn't bring me any kind of anxiety. Uh, maybe it does a little bit when I'm having to talk about a topic that I've never had to talk about before, or maybe I'm having to host a show about a topic that I'm not really confident in my knowledge about. But the other side of that is, you know, as opposed to, you know, a little short-term stress or pressure or something like that, and long-term anxiety, like a thing that's just hanging over you where you don't know where the finish line is, you don't know which direction to start pushing toward. Right. And you know, you don't you don't know what you're supposed to do to get out of it or how long it's going to be there, but it's just hanging over you and you have no answers and you just have to start working somewhere. I mean yeah. that that seems to me like the biggest It's a lot worse. Yeah. yeah. So you are talking about, thank you for bringing this up, because you are talking about the difference in a positive stress and positive stress response, or maybe even tolerable stress versus the toxic stress. So let me step through those real quickly with, with everyone so you can understand. So positive stress is that normal, essential part of healthy development. So you're supposed to have a little bit of that so that it will improve your alertness, your awareness, and, and typically it improve, improves your performance. It's typically short term. It's right before a situation or early during a situation as, as you get through it and work through it. Then that increased heart rate, blood pressure, um, alertness, 
um, drops just a little bit so that you become more calm. Tolerable stress is is really kind of the same thing, except it continues a little bit longer. So, so Jay, you're talking about tolerable stress is something as you're working through a show that maybe, gosh, um, you really weren't as well prepared for. You don't know the topic as well. So you're a little stressed all the way through that. But it's something that has an end. Now, the toxic stress is the piece of it when it can occur in children or adults, when you just never get out of that stressful um, arena. For example, if you are in a home where someone in that home has a violent temper, and so you know every single day um, there may be that flash temper So you walk around all day long on eggshells so that you just do whatever you can do to avoid that. Or if you know that there is uh, uh, the, the potential of not having enough food on the table, for example. So every single day you're worrying about, oh gosh, what am I going to do? Or the same thing for people out there, and I think there are probably several listeners out there who sometimes feel like they're not going to be able to make their budget at the end of the month. So you worry every single day, you're doing everything you know to do, you just can't get out of it. So every day is is stressful. Let's talk about a job experience where you're in a job where you have a malignant boss who puts undue pressure on you, where you know you can't ever meet the deadline. You know there's no way you're going to ever do it just right. So every time you do something, you're criticized. And so this is every single day, but you can't quit that job, you think, because you must have the money. So when you're in situations like that, that are ongoing and continual, then you always have a little bit of that um, fight or flight going on, some of that stress. And, And if stress goes on every day and it's continual, and you can't find an out, then that can be toxic So and very destructive to your health. So does that explain it? Do you think, Jay? Do you have any other questions about that? No, that's uh, that, that's it. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess you know when children endure long-term anxiety, does that? How does that affect them long-term? Oh. Is it a given that they'll be affected, or do sometimes they are sometimes they able to work their way through it? And let me ask you this: This is a little bit deeper, but is is there a typical? symptom or set of symptoms that you see in adults that dealt with long-term anxiety that are not necessarily something that you would see, you know, get them in trouble or in jail or on the wrong side of the law or in the news somehow or another, uh, just, you know, everyday, sure. you know, little, yeah. little, you know, tips or tales that you can see where somebody has, you know, is really experiencing like that. that. Yes. Okay. Well, let me answer your, your first question first about children and that long-term stress is, does that affect them long-term? And the answer is absolutely yes. You may remember uh, uh, several months ago, we, we, I think it may have been a year ago, we talked about toxic stress and a study that was done out of uh, the 
big health consortium, Kaiser Permanente in California, where they looked at middle class adults um, and taught and interviewed, uh, took surveys on what type of stress they had in childhood, which in may have included things like um, poverty, a parent with a mental illness, a parent with a chronic illness, um, abuse in the home, violence in the home, substance abuse in the home. And they kind of tick through about 10 different um, modes of toxic stress and then health outcome of those workers, those people who are now in a middle class life, not experiencing those now, what what kind of health outcome, both mental and physical health. And what they found was that um, people who had um, more than um, three of those uh, things that I mentioned are two in an ongoing fashion um, ended up having a higher incidence of obesity, diabetes, asthma, believe it or not, allergies. Um, they also certainly had a higher incidence of mood disorders, depression, um, anxiety, and the like. So we know that that long-term toxic stress is destructive, not just to mental health, but to physical health, not just to brain health, but to the other organs also. So something to, to really think about. Yeah, so so listeners, we're talking about anxiety and what's good and what's bad. A little bit's good, a lot's not so good. And then we're talking about how that kind of chronic anxiety can move into something called toxic stress that can be very destructive to your health long term, whether you're a child or an adult, and how important it is to try to get out of that. So I'd love to hear from you and your questions or thoughts. You don't have to have a particular situation ongoing right now, but maybe a question about the past or the future. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. Now, Jay, you had asked an, another question, and that was about um, what are some of the signs and symptoms of maybe that toxic stress or that anxiety, that long-term anxiety that maybe doesn't, doesn't show itself as far as somebody screaming and throwing things or somebody um, exhibiting just horribly aberrant behavior. Well, often uh, a lot of that is internalized. And um, some of those internalized things that will um, start to show as more health problems than anything else are um, muscle tension, just always feeling achy and tense, sort of a, a chronic pain type thing. Sleep problems um, are way on the top. And, uh, um, you know, about 30% of people will have sleep issues. And many times it's related not just to the fact that they can't sleep or because they're old or hormonal changes, but it may be due to that anxiety so, or, um, in, or stress. In, in clinic, how do you help patients deal with sleep? Asking for a friend. Asking for a yeah, I'm asking for a friend. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. 
Well, you know, how do you help with sleep? Um, that's is it always where you just refer them to a sleep specialist or something like that? Oh or? heavens, no! Hopefully, the very oh, first perfect. thing. No, 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 no. Um, well, first of all, yes, if there is sleep apnea, if you have significant snor- snoring and sleep apnea, then it's really, really important to get that worked up. But if it's problems with sleep settling, if it's problems with um, waking up in the middle of the night um, repeatedly and there's not sleep apnea, significant snoring going on, then there are lots of things you can do before you go to a sleep expert. Um, and I can tick through them carefully, uh, uh, quickly rather. Um, the first one is get caffeine away from anywhere near oh. bedtime. And I'm talking mm. about... Um, starting, yeah, don't. This is hugely important. Starting at three o'clock in the afternoon, um, delete caffeine completely, and that's if you want to go to sleep at ten or ten thirty. Okay. The other thing to do is screen time. Get turn off the screens. Um, make sure the the bright lights and screens are one of the most uh, weight causing entities that we have. So turn that screen off at least an hour prior to bedtime. Don't eat a heavy meal prior to bed. Don't exercise right before you're trying to go to bed. Yes, exercise, but not an hour prior to bedtime or um, or after. Sir. Um, some other things when you wake up in the middle of the night um, that's okay don't panic if you try to turn over and go back to sleep and it doesn't work uh, probably one of the good things you can do is pick up some easy reading turn on some soft music keep the lights very low if you still cannot uh, fall asleep instead of struggling get up for an hour or two and then go back to sleep what you don't want to do is then the next day nap in the middle of the day because napping in the middle of the day especially for more than that 10 or 15 minutes can then delay your onset of sleep so you start dividing your sleep into segments so you sleep half time at night half time during the day so those are a few quick tips on sleep i know this show's not about sleep but it is because anxiety and and mood and panic can highly affect sleep and sleep settling because um, you're in the fight-or-flight mode, and when you're in the fight-or-flight mode and your heart rate's up and your blood pressure's up and your alertness is up, obviously you can't go to sleep. So um, I want to hear from our listeners out there who maybe have struggled with this and maybe some ways you've helped yourself through or did you have a relationship that you think was causing toxic stress what did you do to change it or are you still there if you are we can help you we'd like to hear from all of you about your thoughts um, and what's going on in your life give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org We'll be right back.
home for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and by the generous support from you, our listeners. An evening of jazz can be just what the doctor ordered. Take the greats, Ella, Coltrane, Dinah, Miles, and Monk. Mix in the contemporary giants like Shure, Rittenauer, Kral, Malone, and Benson. Join me, Meredith Michelle, with WJSU's Evening Jazz, 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, family at mpbonline.org. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and we are talking about anxiety and toxic stress and the difference in what anxiety is, and sometimes a little bit is good, and how chronic long-term anxiety can turn into something that can be very toxic and um, bad for your health. So the differences we've been talking about. Let's go on to the phones. We have Robert in Meridian who has some thoughts. Robert, good morning. Good morning, Dr. Bertrand. Uh, hi. Hi. Um, my reference is to a marriage that came to an end, and I believe you have nailed exactly what I was going through. Mm. In 1969, I was 24 years old, and my marriage, which was just about over, two and a half years it lasted, led to my hospitalization with ulcerative colitis. Mm. And when I got out, um, the uh, aftercare and, and attending my appointments at the internist led to the internist pointing out that if I didn't identify what the cause was for the stress, that in all likelihood I'd wind up back in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I am certain, as I now, you know, I'm a wise old man now, <laughs> <laughs> but... During the courtship, one of the things that stands out that makes me think that this fits today's topic, my ex-wife grew up in a household with both parents. I grew up in a a mother-only household, no siblings. Uh Her father was an alcoholic, and Mm -hmm. the mother was very strong. Mm -hmm. And when I'd entered the apartment building to pick her up when we were courting on dates, I could hear the mother in the hallway, berating him unmercifully. My ex-wife grew up in an atmosphere where relationship was defined by how she saw her parents getting along. Mm -hmm. And what she married was a man who grew up in a household where there was one boss and there was none of this 
Yeah. And so what I married was a constant argument. And after two years into, to a little over two years into the marriage, bloody diarrhea and mm-hmm. 30 days of hospitalization. Yeah. Robert, you are pointing something out that is, is so true. Certainly, um, there's not evidence that uh, toxic stress causes, you see, or ulcerative colitis, but certainly it can exacerbate the problems. And, and there, there may be, you know, as I mentioned, long-term chronic stress, at least when we know it starts in childhood, can, can turn into long-term health problems later on. So um, certainly anyone, it sounds like um, you and your wife were in such different situations that likely you would have benefited, she, and perhaps you, because of your two completely different views on what what home life was supposed to be, would have benefited from some counseling, some family and marriage counseling. Um, unfortunately, back in the... The 60s and early 70s, often people were not um, encouraged to do that as much as as they are now. So I know that was long ago, but you're probably right. It probably contributed to your your negative health. So glad you're out of that relationship. You said ex-wife, so that's a good thing. And um, I know there's several other listeners out there who have probably experienced, if not the same health problem, something similar that you feel like your health issue, whether it's high blood pressure, chronic headaches, chronic pain, were contributed by being in a toxic situation. So thanks for your call, Robert. Let's go on to Lynn in Red Bay, Alabama. Good morning, Lynn. Hi. Um, I was four, taken away from my uh, family and put into a Catholic orphanage, and probably mm-hmm. the best thing that ever happened to me, though I cried every day, mm-hmm. it was terrible for five years to be separated from them. But the nuns helped me and taught me, um, well, of course, religion, but especially um, how to study and learn that God gave us a brain. Well, I went on to graduate with high honors, you know, cum laude. Right. Uh, my father went on, though, to uh, die of alcoholism when he was 49. My mother had, in the meantime, remarried a stepfather that was the evilest thing on earth. Oh, wow. All sorts of evil and the eggshell thing you mentioned. Right. Much. Right. But I and I told my mother, it's a miracle. <laughs> my brother and myself didn't grow up to be serial killers for him, our our childhood. They uh I think though it can make you tough. Uh if given perhaps those um faith I, I, I don't know if it's faith I don't know what it it is the support, the moral support. I didn't ever get a spanking. Deserved many, I'm sure. <laughs> but the nuns were so sweet and uh-huh. approached each problem 
uh, with love and, and a, a, a godly love. Now that may have may have made all the difference. It, I don't you know. may have been saved. You know, Lynn, you said you were removed at four. Was that due to neglect, abuse, or? Uh, well, my mother had overdosed, mm-hmm. and the courts took us away from her. Mm-hmm. And my aunt, her sister, decided to put us, which was common back then. That right. was in the forties. Right. We Very we common. hardly have orphanages um, anymore. Right. Right. People try to place with families, but it sounds like, thanks for a positive nun story so many times. It was was wonderful. I never have saw anybody. They were, they were such godly, wonderful women with love. And for the sleep thing, what I do is sort of a bit of a yoga thing Mm -hmm. at night. If you'll breathe in and then out, 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 get rid of that carbon dioxide that is an acid that's kind of an irritant, mm-hmm. carbon dioxide being, you know, that uh, molecule that keeps your synapses firing. But get rid of the uh, carbon dioxide and breathe in again, out, 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 and do that six, maybe four times, do it another four times, another four times, and before you know it, you are asleep. It works for me every time. And it's a good thing to do during the day under stress. To Uh, calm yourself. That's right. Yes. I think we hold our breath when we're anxious and and just stressed and grit our teeth and hold our breath. Get rid of that carbon dioxide, and the trees will love us more. <laughs> You're right. Lynn, you brought up a couple of points that, that I, I want to stress. Um, first of all, I'll reiterate your breathing in, breathing out. That breathing in and concentrating on on the breath going in and the sound of the breath and your lungs expanding and then breathing out. It's hard to concentrate on anything else when you're thinking about, oh, I'm listening to the sound of my breath. I'm feeling it move in and out. I'm feeling my lungs expand. Then you're not thinking about maybe the other troublesome things. So that's a great tip you gave to our listeners. I hope others are picking up on that. Um, The other thing that you brought up is you and your brother turned out fine, even though y'all had been in clearly a toxic stress situation. Some people are more resilient than others, but what happened is you were pulled out of it. So hopefully, um, when not always, some people are pulled out at a young age and don't experience recovery like you did. Some people are more resilient than others. And there, there actually is some ongoing research looking at why are some individuals more resilient than others. But we do know the sooner you get out of a terribly toxic situation, the better off that individual is going to be. So, Lynn, thanks for your call, and thanks for um, sharing your story with us. It's always good, great to hear a positive outcome um, about someone who experienced difficulties when they were younger. So let's go. Let's stay on the phones. We have Hat and Pearl. Um, yeah. Do I have that? that? Yeah, that's right. Hat. Yeah, like uh, what you wear on your head. I like the name. Very good. Well, Pat, uh, tell us what your thoughts are. You said um, well, there's some sleep issues you wanted to discuss. Well, well yeah, definitely. I, but I, I wanted to, um, uh, your, your previous caller, uh, I, I actually, um, I went through a pretty bad 
alcoholic phase and learned that breathing technique in rehab because uh, just about everybody in rehab was uh, had trouble sleeping. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I learned this from, from a, a buddy of, of, of mine uh and that, that that exact same technique, and it really does work. So I just just want to address your other callers and, and listeners, and it, it works. It really does. So, Had, I have a question. You mm-hmm. said you had um, you're in recovery now, correct? Right. right. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question though to you. Did you think that your um, alcoholism anything contributed to it, like anxiety or depression, or um, do you do you have some thoughts about that? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, I went to. I had a very long bout of it, about 15 years it took me to get sober. Mm. Um, and I, I think I think alcoholism and your, your I mean, I had, a, I had a very volatile childhood. Um, I was abused. I was sexually abused. And um, mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I had a, a lot of issues that I, I wasn't dealing with. And, and you know, I, I've turned to the bottle. Right, and it, and it runs strong in my family, uh, you know, uh, genetically too. So, um, you know, it was, it, was, it was almost a given, you know, that that, that I would I would turn that direction. But um, no, I, what, what my my original question was uh, like stress, life stress. Uh, obviously, you know, it's going to you know affect your sleep. I, I think exactly I think it probably does. But um, lack of sleep. See, I've, I've had a uh, chronic like clinical insomnia for uh probably 20 years and you know i mean i don't get more than about four hours of sleep a night and i haven't for years and and i i I watched this one documentary on sleep one time and they they said when you don't get the sleep that your body requires you incur sleep debt yes and the only thing that you can pay off sleep debt with is sleep yes So, so sometimes so um, my question to you is, uh, you know, what to do? What? No, no. Um, well, I know what to do. I just yeah. don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> my question to you is, what 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 effects does uh, or, or or what you know does lack of sleep affect your stress levels? Absolutely. And, yes. Um, well, let me let me start there. Lack of sleep. Um, certainly, there there are data out there that say individuals need somewhere. Adults need somewhere between seven and ten hours of sleep a night. Mm-hmm. So um, that long term sleep debt can interfere with lots and lots of things. Um, of course, from uh, the ability to concentrate. Uh, imprint memory um, are way on the top of the list. Um, it also can affect mood. It can affect anxiety, but it also can affect general health. So, um, you know, sleep is a regenerative time. It's really important to get REM sleep and go through all your sleep cycles so that that um, you start doing, uh, you contribute. That's when you imprint to memory a lot of your memory stores. So um, very important. If you're continuing to just get four hours of sleep, I hope that you have um, sought professional help. Um, for that, so you need I, to. Not. 
But you need uh, to. Well, that was another. <laughs> <laughs> that was another thing I, I wanted to ask you too. Um, we, uh, in that same vein, um, when, when you when you experience that kind of stress, uh, you know, or, or that sleep, or, or rather, sleep deprivation related right. stress. Yeah. See, see, you were talking about memory. Um, I mean, I made straight in college, um, and, and I was a late graduate. You know, I was a, a non-traditional student. Right. I mean, I graduated in 2012. I'm, I'm 42 years old. Um, well, that's a great thing. Well, I don't know how I did it. <laughs> well, you probably worked very, very hard. So um, that's an, an, another thing. It's really, yes, you can, you can get along without sleep for a very long time, but it's really bad for you, Hat. I would highly encourage you to seek some professional help. The University of Mississippi Medical Center has, um, has some good resources in uh, a sleep lab. There are other private entities that have good sleep services, so Hat, go for it. It'll help, I promise, it'll help your memory and your mood and your sense of well-being. Um, This is Relatively Speaking. We're taking a break, and we will be right back. Inauguration Day is right around the corner, and Chapter 1 of a new administration is set to begin. As stories take shape, NPR will be here with coverage you can depend on to help you make sense of it all. Listen every day. MPB Think Radio loves to help with lots of subjects, but between 9 and 10 on Wednesday mornings, we focus on your nest. On Fix It 101, we want to help you make your place safer, quieter, drier, brighter, bigger, cooler, cozier, or the opposite of any of those things, depending on your preference. The pros are Del Moore of Affordable Solutions 601 and Jeff Sammons of Houseworks. I'm the amateur and host, Jason Klein. So go ahead and ask away. Fix It 101 is Wednesdays at 9 on MPB Think Radio. News you can trust in radio built around you. Mississippi Public Broadcasting. This is Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, family at mpbonline.org. Welcome back, and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and we've been talking about anxiety, um, toxic stress, what that can do, and um, a lot about sleep issues that can um, contribute to sleep problems or sleep problems can contribute to anxiety. So lots going on there. Um Jay, I, I think we have another caller here. I'm going to go on to Frank. Um, Frank, it says your location is Canada. Is that correct? Uh, yes, as far as you know. Okay. Well, thanks for calling. Tell us you have some comments about Donald Trump. Yeah, well, there was a caller earlier that asked the question of Barbara Ann, I believe it was, asked Doug, uh, question about Donald Trump's behavior. And so 
rather than than drag you into that mire, I thought it might be interesting to have a kind of a general discussion about narcissists and sociopaths um, because there are some things that people need to know about, especially about sociopaths, because they're such dangerous individuals. And we always think about sociopaths as being, you know, serial killers and so forth. But they actually walk among us, and we we find them in uh, in the usual walks of life, and people may or may not be aware of that. So um, I thought some of the interesting things about narcissists and sociopaths uh, that that does come up in a discussion like this as far as um, pathological lying, um, manipulation of other people, and lack of empathy. And maybe, um, you know, just like I said, our listeners need to know some of these things about people just to be aware of them in general. And um, I just thought that Barbara brought up uh, something that could be, you know, could lead into a general discussion without getting too specific about anything. Well, actually, Frank, um, interesting that you say that. We did a show on personality disorders um, not too long ago, a few weeks ago, and it's on podcast with Dr. David Elkin. And I think it'd be a, a great thing for our listeners to um, to listen to if they'd like to learn more about what Frank's talking about. Um, because I thought it was a, a pretty good, robust discussion. So it's on that MPB um, podcast program that we have, right, Jay? That's right, mpbonline.org, and you can download the uh, MPB public media app free in the iTunes and Google Play Store. I'm not programmed to say those things in that order. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for your call, Frank. Um, Jay, you had a comment from another listener who called in. You yes, wanna... uh, we had uh, a delightful uh, young lady that called in from Memphis who is ex-military, and she uh, told us when you were talking about the anxiety stuff uh, and dealing with that a little bit earlier in the show that that is great information. Uh, she loved it, and she said it was something that uh, ex-military people everywhere need to here. Uh, and I thought that was that was uh, pretty spot on, uh, you know, because we that's a big issue. And we've done a show on that before, you know, because that's, uh, you know, unfortunately crawled into, you know, our uh, our public conscious in the news uh, far too often. But um, that is a big deal. Anxiety with people who are uh, military and the and the after effects. Right. And and even further than that is something that we've talked about before and maybe need to talk about again in the near future is post-traumatic stress disorder, which is is uh, though it's um, under the umbrella of anxiety disorders, it's the most severe form. It often is something that ex-military individuals experience with um, terrible nightmares and flashbacks and um difficulty staying in the moment due to all the 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 difficulties and and many times there are significant and severe sleep problems so i would highly encourage um anyone who's experiencing that severity of anxiety to please seek uh, medical help for that and also um to those who are experiencing severe sleep issues 
please seek medical help for that. It can change your life if you get the right kind of help. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This has been a, a, a good, robust show. Relatively speaking, as a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Think Radio. Today's show was engineered by Jay White, our producer, our call screener, Java Chapman. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I want you to join us next week on Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking, but also join us on Thursday. I'll be on the show with Dr. Jimmy Stewart, kids and teens, and we'll be talking about fears and phobias. So stay tuned next for NPR's Here and Now on MPB Think Radio, and thanks again for listening. This forecast is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Live healthy. Live blue. It's good to be blue. More at bcbsms.com. Rounds of wet weather in the forecast across the state of Mississippi for the rest of this week. And we're monitoring the chances for maybe a few strong to isolated severe storms, especially into central and southern Mississippi, toward the Thursday, Thursday night time frame.